This podcast is brought to you by the future of service lane technology, GoMoto. If you're ready to experience increased revenue, happier customers, and a more efficient service lane, then it's time to partner with GoMoto. Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year automotive news digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. I'm Jake Neer in Detroit in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, the Biden administration is slowing the EV transition through 2030. GM issues a stop sale on mid-sized pickups to fix a software problem, and Subaru halts output at three Japanese plants after a worker is killed. Plus, Mazda's North America chief, Tom Donnelly, joins the show to talk about how the automaker plans to keep up its momentum in 2024. I would say we have similar expectations of how we performed last year. Not quite at the 20% plus level, but not far from that, frankly. (laughs) Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. President Joe Biden's administration is taking its foot off the accelerator when it comes to its proposed U.S. tailpipe rules. It's easing proposed yearly requirements through 2030 of its sweeping plan to aggressively cut tailpipe emissions and ramp up electric vehicle sales. That's according to two sources who spoke with Reuters. Automakers, dealers, and the UAW have urged the Biden administration to slow the proposed ramp up in EV sales. They say the technology is still too costly for many mainstream U.S. customers and that more time is needed to develop the charging infrastructure. In April of last year, the EPA proposed requiring a 56% reduction in new vehicle emissions by 2032 under the initial EPA proposal covering 2027 through 2032, Automakers were expected to aim for EVs to constitute 60% of their new vehicle production by 2030 and 67% by 2032 to meet stricter emissions requirements. Under the revised final regulations, the EPA will slow the pace of its proposed yearly emissions requirements through 2030. The new pace would likely result in EVs accounting for less than 60% of total vehicles produced by 2030. Sources expect the administration to make its revised regulation public as soon as next month. General Motors is delaying the first sales of its 2024 midsize pickups. The automaker says that's to ensure that the vehicle software functions properly. It's delaying sales of the new model year GMC Canyon and Chevrolet Colorado while the software fix is tested and validated. A GM spokesperson says the decision affects about 15,000 pickups. The vehicles have started to ship to dealerships, but none have been delivered to customers. GM says the stop sale is not related to a safety issue and should be lifted shortly. A sad story out of Japan today, Subaru is temporarily suspending production at three plants in the country after a 35-year veteran worker was crushed to death. Japanese media report the factories involved make the Forester and Crosstrek crossovers for export, as well as the BRZ Sporty Coupe. 
The accident happened on the evening of February 13th after a 25-ton mold fell on a worker at the Yajima assembly plant north of Tokyo. As of February 16th, it still wasn't clear when production would resume. A police spokesperson confirmed details of the death. Police identified the worker as a 60-year-old man who was a 35-year veteran of Subaru. A Subaru spokesperson did not immediately return attempts to seek comment. And finally, a major update on the Audi strike in Mexico. Union workers at the plant involved voted in favor of a 7% salary hike plus a 3.2% increase in benefits for 2024. The vote ends the nearly month-long strike. The vote passed with more than 66% of employees backing the raise, according to Mexico's labor ministry. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, Mazda North America CEO Tom Donnelly joins the show. We'll hear how the automaker plans to keep up its red-hot sales momentum. That's next on Daily Drive. We get it. Your service drive gets busy. Your advisors have a lot of responsibilities, and sometimes your customers end up waiting around for help. If you could ease these challenges and enhance everything about your service drive, why wouldn't you? It's time to reduce your customers' check-in time using QR codes or mobile apps. It's time to give them the convenience they crave with the ability to pick up or drop off at any time of day. It's time to increase your service lane's revenue by offering upsells 100% of the time. Give your advisors more time back to focus on what they do best. Get your service lane a kiosk that can do all this and more. It will truly enhance everything. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. Mazda has been on a sales tear lately. Last year, it sold more than 363,000 vehicles. According to Mazda, that was a record number. And the automaker recently upped its sales goal for this year. Mazda told dealers at last month's NADA show in Las Vegas that it hopes to sell 450,000 vehicles in the U.S. in 2024. Tom Donnelly is the CEO of Mazda North American Operations. He caught up with Jamie at the show and talked about how his company plans to hit that target and solidify its identity in the market. Tom Donnelly, welcome back to Daily Drive. But this time we are here in the Automotive News booth at the NADA show in Las Vegas. Great to to see you. Good to see you again, too, Jamie. Thank you. I'd like to start off by asking, you know, you're here at the NADA show. What is your main message or mission this week? Sure. Now, we're looking forward to meeting with our retail partners tomorrow. And we're coming off the heels of some really successful months and any really successful year for us. So our overall message is about continuing to accelerate. When I met with you a few months ago, talked about our growth aspirations and the momentum we've had for the last few months is a good indicator of that. So we're going to talk about our actions to do that. A large part of it is product related, as we'll probably talk about here with the introduction of CX-70 that we had the global reveal this month. But we're also going to continue to talk about what we're doing to elevate the customer experience. And I think I mentioned when I saw you a few months ago, too, our efforts, a real intense focus on elevating our brand in the marketplace, how the Mazda brand is perceived, really clarifying what it stands for. So that's a large part of what we'll talk with our retail partners about. You mentioned the momentum in the market. I mean, last year, Mazda sales grew almost twice as fast as the overall growth in the U.S. market. Uh, What's your expectation for this year? Well, we expect the industry to be 
stable to up, let's say, a couple, 3%. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say we have similar expectations of how we performed last year. Not quite at the 20% plus level, but not far from that, frankly. <laughs> and it's really much like I talked about, fueled by the second shift of the CX-50 in Alabama, fueled by a full year of CX-90, and then the introduction of CX-70 that we'll have later this spring. Okay. And then the introduction of some hybrid powertrains a little bit later this year on the CX-50 as well. So there's three or four specific product-related drivers of that. But I mentioned the marketing and what we're trying to do around the brand. Mm-hmm. Been really pleased the last three to six months with the effect of our new campaign. And we've really just introduced it to the marketplace, but it's having some really positive impact. And as we gain more momentum there, I think that's going to be a, another driver of our growth. So last year you topped 360,000 mm-hmm. sales. This year you're going to go well past 400. Yes. Because the aim is still 500,000 yes. in 2025. Yes. Very aggressive. Yes. I mean, you, you touched on it a little earlier, but it seems like, you know, Mazda's really been uh, defying gravity and aiming to keep doing mm-hmm. that with both increasing volume and moving upscale a right. little more. A lot of that is, of course, about product. There's no doubt. Nothing, uh, yeah. nothing beats great product. But it also uh, seems like the retail evolution program has really played a role in that. No question about it. And I think when we last spoke, I talked about how foundational that was. That was that was really the first building block that we laid years ago. And as that has flowed through the network right now, more than 90% of our customer experiences are in retail evolution facilities. And we're seeing the benefits of that with... Our customer satisfaction scores are the best they've ever been. Our owner loyalty is the best it's ever been. Our service retention is the best it's ever been. And we've got another probably 60 or so, 60 to 70 that will be complete this year as well. So that is going to continue to fuel, again, the enhanced experience that our customers are receiving and really the business impact and benefit for our dealers as well. And then clearly the impact it's had on our overall sales volume. Remind me how many dealers you have in the U.S. I mean, 60 to 70 sounds like a pretty good chunk. Yeah, we have roughly 550, Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, another 10%-ish, a little bit less, a little bit more. A little bit more, yeah. yeah. That's a nice step. Right. Yeah, especially this far along in a program like right. that. You mentioned the CX-70. Is there any more clarity on when exactly that might be coming? It would be earlier in the spring or later or anything like that? Um, I would say later spring. Well, we'll, we'll keep, uh, yeah, watching keep an eye out for that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. can't wait to see when it hits showrooms mm-hmm. and, and what the pricing is, mm-hmm. is going to be like. You know, Of course, across the industry, I mean, affordability and higher interest rates have been you know really persistent no problems. How do you try to face those? Well, we work very closely with uh, our captive Mazda Financial Services. There's no question, there has been a significant shift in the marketplace dynamics. We see it at the segment level. We see it within segments of the select trims that customers are choosing Mm -hmm. to shop and ultimately to purchase. So we've made adjustments to a lot of our model mix really across the the portfolio. But we've really stayed close with uh, Mazda Financial Services to ensure that we have the right programs for the market. We try to be very strategic in terms of how we approach the market and the financing opportunities and options that we put into a market. We don't go nationwide with things. We really try to be surgical Mm. 
with how we apply incentives and programs to support our dealer partners. Right. Of course, one of the bigger affordability hurdles is around uh, EVs, mm -hmm. and uh, you've taken a more measured approach mm -hmm. to electrification. What is next for Mazda on electrification? Is there anything in the pipeline we should be looking for? Yes. So I think when we met last time, I talked about our multi-solution approach, which is essentially hybrids, plug-in hybrids, ultimately electrification, uh, battery electric. As I think you're aware, we have a plug-in hybrid with CX-90. Mm -hmm. CX-70 will have a plug-in hybrid version as well. I mentioned a little bit earlier, later this summer, CX-50 will come out in a hybrid version. So we're looking forward to that as well. And we have a three-phase approach. So right around 2025, 2026, we'll introduce a battery electric vehicle. Again, I think I said this last time we spoke, we feel like for the marketplace now and some of the adoption and some of the other challenges that are affecting customer preferences at this point, mm -hmm. we feel like we've got the right suite of solutions and products for the marketplace right now. But obviously we're moving towards an electrified future. So by 2030, we'll have a full lineup of electrified vehicles. I don't know if you'd share the take rate, but I mean, what's been the appeal of the CX-90 as a plug-in hybrid? Is that reaching people who kind of are, want that as a bridge? Yes. Yeah, we're, it's, it's about 30% or so of oh, our wow. mix. Yeah, and, and in California, as you would imagine, and many of the other West Coast markets, the demand is much higher. Right. So we've been, I think, smart in how we've deployed and allocated the vehicles. But even in other markets, let's say pockets of the Midwest, pockets of Southern markets as well, there's been quite a bit of interest in our plug-in hybrid CX-90. So we're really enthusiastic about what that opportunity represents. And with CX-70 monitoring or kind of modeling that same approach. Yeah. You know, I think, it, of course, it makes a lot of sense that places like California that have mm -hmm. more robust charging networks sure. and just more familiarity mm -hmm. with plug-in vehicles might be more eager to adopt. But it's those places like, I mean, look, I, I was born and raised in mm -hmm. Iowa. And I have a lot of friends and older you know, friends mm -hmm. and family there who maybe they want to reduce their carbon footprint. They mm -hmm. want to go electric, but they also want to be able to drive to Chicago and back. Mm -hmm. And the plug-in hybrid can be such a great way yeah. to eliminate so much carbon in your daily driving and your regular weekly life. And then still have the flexibility with your same everyday car right. to go on a road trip all across the country. Exactly. That's clearly what is happening or has been happening, I would say at an accelerated rate the last six months or so. And again, that's why we think we're positioned well for the next couple of years anyway. Um, we don't see that market shifting dramatically. So we think we're well positioned now. And the other point that I'd make is what's really important for us is that as we move into a more electrified future, that we maintain that unique Mazda spirit around the joy of driving. So even, again, fast forwarding, we want to maintain that Mazda DNA in each of the products and powertrains that we have. We all hope that you do. Yeah. Tom Donnelly is CEO of Mazda North America Operations. Thank you so much for joining me. Jay, it was a pleasure again. Thanks, Jamie. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to automotive news journalists Lindsey Van Hulley, Hans Grimo, Nauto Akamura, and John Hutter for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on manufacturing, U.S. tailpipe emissions rules, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. 
Come back tomorrow for a conversation with Cars Commerce President Doug Miller about how the company is trying to help dealers better connect with customers who are ready and able to buy amid high interest rates and affordability concerns. The consumer can not only say, hey, I'm in market for a car, but can I be pre-qualified for one of your loan products? Let's find out what loan product I'm pre-qualified for. And guess what? When they're pre-qualified for a loan, they're 15% more likely to close inside of that dealership. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.